How many of us here in this room know someone who thinks that they're always right? <laughs> okay. If you didn't put your hand up, maybe that's you, right? <laughs> that is you. That is Keith. You missed it. You know, being right is something that we often want to be. It's something that society itself has conditioned us to be. And when we go to school, we see that, you know, we're often rewarded for being right and things like that. And so it's something that we, we're so accustomed to. We always want to be the person that is right. We always want to be right all the time. And we have to remember that when the Apostle Paul, when he was um, persecuting the Christians, he thought he was right in doing so. He thought that he was absolutely right in doing so. After all, he was a scholar. He was a scholar of Judaism, very educated man. He thought he was doing the will of God by persecuting Christians because he believed that they, they were preaching, they were practicing blasphemy against God with this message that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, that Jesus Christ is God himself. For the Jewish, they saw that as blasphemy, that, that as something that's, that's heresy in their culture. And so he truly believed, he truly believed that he was doing something good. He genuinely believed in that when he was going out there to persecute Christians. And it wasn't, it wasn't until his personal encounter with the living Christ that he came to realize that he came to realize that what he was doing was not the will of God. That what he was doing was his own will. And that's one of the things that we as Christians, we really, we really need to ask ourselves is that are we pursuing our own personal will or are we truly, truly trying to pursue the will of God? Because even in the instance in which Paul thought he was pursuing the will of God, we saw we saw that he was not. He was not pursuing the will of God. And it is only through this encounter with Jesus Christ that can really, can really bring us to, to this realization as to whether or not what we're doing is actually the will of God. That's something that's a challenge for us as Christians. And one of the ways that we can do that, as according to scriptures, is that we need to get rid of that idea. We really need to get rid of that, that idea that we're always right. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 3, it says that we are to consider others better than ourselves. That each one of us should not only look to our own interest, but also the interest of others. Nu 
เอวันจิซอลุยเคโรเปญโนเฟลิปปินส์ออยเตเปจิซอซาซอเปตุเคนซูเตชิเปโยจุตอมุซาซอลุตูเตเปจิซอซาเตเปยอตามุลิซูเ
to struggle with as Christians is that we need to listen to the other side, listen to the other view, study the other view, study the other, other side until we understand their views correctly, until we can personally represent their view correctly. And it is only from that point that we should be able to dis- make that distinction or, or distinguish which view it is that we agree with. But until that time, we, we should never misrepresent the other side. It causes, you know, Christianity with this, it causes war after war among just Christians. We fight against each other. All these different 30,000 plus denominations, a lot of times it's because we misrepresent the other side. We miss, we don't really understand what they believe in. And so we're against them, but if we really think about it, they're just talking about the same thing that we're talking about from a different perspective. A lot of times. But a lot of times we disagree because, because we don't really understand them. And of course, the, the argument between free will and predestination, it's much, more, it's much more complex in the theological circle than just free will versus predestination because both sides believe in free will. They just believe, they just define it differently. And so... Things of that sort, the things of that sort are, are things that we need to really take into consideration is that we need to be able to walk in their shoes. We need to be able to, you know, explain their views correctly first before we actually make that distinction. In the Hmong culture, as, as Hmongs, one of the things that the Hmongs have struggled with for the past 70 years of Christianity, since Christianity came into the Hmong culture, is the struggle as to how do we apply this new faith into our culture? How do we apply this new faith? We, we see in the Catholic Church, we see that the Hmong ministry within the Catholic Church doesn't grow because within the Catholic Church, they, they believe in Jesus Christ, but they're still doing all the same traditional stuff like what they used to do. And so they're still calling the ancestors, they're still, um, you know, they're still calling on, on the ancestral spirits to come and, 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 and um, heal them and things of that sort. Because from the, the Catholic perspective, all that is, has nothing to do with religion and all that is just culture. So, so many Hmong Catholic, although they are now under the guise of Jesus Christ, they still practice a lot of the traditional cultural and religious stuff. As Christians, we're a little bit different. As Christians, we are a little bit different. We, we, you know, many, of, many Hmong Christians and many many of the Hmong Christian theologians have come and over the past 70 years have debated and have t- really talked about how can, we, how can we really apply this faith within the context of our culture. Things such as ancestral worship, ancestral spirits, and the scriptures that has nothing about, says nothing about ancestral spirits. It says nothing about ghosts or anything of that sort. And the scripture, when it talks about spirits of this world, it's talking about fallen angels. So how do, we, how do we take that, how do we apply that within our own culture? It's a difficult thing. The idea of bowing down, the idea of prostrating before another person, which is, is very something that Hmong people do. In the Bible, God says, don't bow down before any other person. But we continue to bow down before other people. We continue to bow down before other spirits. How do we take that and how do we, how do we apply that within our own culture? So s- some of these things are things that we, we think about. That things, These are things that we often struggle with is trying to understand these different perspectives and how we can bring these things together. 
here in our mainstream, mainstream society here in America, here in our mainstream Anglo and Western society here in America, we are quickly changing. We're changing so quick that many nations, many countries, many ethnic groups are not able to keep up with the changes that we are making. How do we, how do we deal with that? How are we going to deal with that? As a global church, when all these other countries, all these different nations, that they're not willing to change as quick as we are changing, how are we going to deal with them? Are we going to say, you know what, we're going to separate from you now, and we don't want to have anything to do with you anymore since you're not changing like, since you're not changing like how we're changing? Or are we still going to be able to keep that, that, that connection with one another? What kind of message are we ready, what kind of message are we going to send the rest of the world as United States Methodists, as Methodists here in the United States, here in the Western culture, when, when our culture is so rapidly changing that other cultures, other ethnic groups just can't go with us to certain points, or at least they're not ready yet. How are we going to respond? And the way that we respond is by trying to listen to each other. Listen to each other. Don't, don't, don't promote division, but promote the idea of trying to listen to each other. Listen to each other until we really understand each other, until we're able to be able to walk in each other's shoes. And it is only in that, it is only in that in which we can find restoration. And it is only in that that we can work together. Our world, our world, human history has been filled with so much violence. Human history has been filled with so much division, so much bloodshed, so much war, and all comes out of that selfish ambition to be right. Because I want my culture to be right. You want your culture to be right. I want my way to be right. You want your way to be right. And so we fight over that, and we fight over power. We greed over power. We just have this greed to have power. And so because of it, we've done so many evil things against each other. We've done so many evil things against each other as, as the human race. And today, as we come before Native American Sundays, we, we come to reflect on what we have, what we have done in the past. What we as, as, as Native Americans and as, as people of the United States, what, what we have done together in the past. The relationship in the past was not very good. We've been in war against each other. We've committed bloodshed against each other. And I'm not saying this. I understand. I understand that there's a narrative out there that I personally don't agree with of trying to shame Anglos into, into, this, into you know, topics such as these. That's not the point. That's not the point that I'm, I'm trying to make today. My son came home last year, he came home from college last year, and he said, he said to me, Dad, my, my professor said to me that he's, a, he's ashamed to be white because of what his ancestors did to the Native Americans. How am I supposed to respond to that? And I said, well, you know, that's up to you. How do you feel? How do you feel about that? And so we, we talked a little bit about that. And one of the things that I will say to you guys is that my grandfather, my great-grandfather was a drug dealer in Laos. But I'm not going to be responsible for what he did, okay? 
I'm not responsible for what he did. And if, if anybody tries to blame me for what my grandfather did, my great-grandfather did, I won't accept that responsibility. And so I understand, I understand there's a narrative out there, but that's not the point. It's, it's something that's controversial. Something that's controversial. But the point today is not out of guilt, it's not out of shame, we're not out of anything. But the point today is out of love. We want to be able to reach out to each other out of love, knowing that we are simply one, knowing that we're simply the human race. And that's when love really comes out. Because if we're, we're, we're still doing things out of guilt, then we're still doing things for ourselves, right? I'm only doing this because I feel guilty, or I'm only doing this because I feel sh- ashamed, or whatever. But if we say, you know what, today, we're doing this out of love because we love each other. And our intention is to really bring each other to understand that we are all brothers and sisters in Christ. And in the past, our relationship may not be the best, but we're willing to come together now as we discover Christ, as we encounter Jesus Christ, as we come to Jesus Christ. Today, we understand that we must love each other. And so as we do the, as we do this offering, this special offering for our Native American brothers and sisters, I want us to understand that, we're, that we want to support the ministry. There's, like I said earlier, there's 20,000 of them here in our United Methodist Church. And we want to do everything that we can to support their ministries. Many of them are still living in poverty. Many of them are, de- are, are living, are, are struggling with their own cultural identity. Many of them are in need of our help. And so this is what we are doing, is to love them, to love them and to build them up, just as God, just as Christ has built us up. And so that's one of the things I want us to understand is that through Jesus Christ, through Jesus Christ, through our encounter with Jesus Christ, everything that we do now is out of love for one another. Let us pray. Father, we come before you. We come before you knowing that there's so many things in life that's so complex, so hard for us to understand. And yet we pray that the most important thing that we will be able to receive from you is love. And that, we, that through us, that you will use us as a vessel of love and grace towards others. And through you, we may be able to share that love with our brothers and sisters. No matter, no matter what our history is, we love one another, Father. Let us continue to love one another through your Son. And so we pray in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.